This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Gareth Ike, it is wonderful to have you back with us again. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, mate. It's always nice to chat here. Good to have you on. And of course, at Gareth Ike on Twitter, at Iconic also on Twitter. Um, do you want to, in case uh, we have obviously some many viewers from the state side as well, they may not come across Iconic. Do you want to just give them a, a one minute precept of what they can find there uh, and how they can find your material? Yeah, um, well, Iconic's a, a, a free speech platform, um, basically born out of um, censorship. So when um, you know Twitter started banning everyone a few years back, um, YouTube were banning everyone, Vimeo kicked kicked off all, all the videos and all that sort of stuff, um, Parler came along um, as a bit of a free, free speech platform and then was quickly sidelined by the fact that it was using Amazon servers or whatever. So it became quite obvious to us that actually, oh mate, no, we, you're going to need your whole, uh, the whole shebang, yeah, in house, you know, because it doesn't matter if if five percent of of your infrastructure is is owned by them and ninety five percent by you. If they can pull that five percent, they can pull the lot down. So, um, so iconic was built, um, and it came along basically from November 2019, and then the world went mental just a couple of months later. So, um, so we've kind of been at the coalface a bit from the very beginning in terms of trying to get information out there and trying to get whistleblowers testimonies out there and all, all that sort of stuff. So, and it's quite funny to be honest, Peter, cause I'm looking at things now that are widely accepted mm. and it's like, mate, with people like me and people like you we were talking about that three years ago and, 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 and being sent tinfoil hat memes, but there you go. But, but we keep, we keep plodding along, don't we? You know, I, so I thought this was funny the other day cause I don't know what your feelings are on, on this actually, Peter, cause I've not spoke to you about it. But the the Lucy Letby case is a bit. There's more to know there, isn't there? That, that you know, the, this um, convicted child serial killer here in, in England. There's there, there's certainly more to know about that case. And I saw, um, oh goodness me, what's it, what's his name? Writes writes for the Daily Mail. It was very good during COVID at the start, and mm. then um, and then kind of went a bit quiet for a bit. I'll try to remember his name now. His, his Twitter handles uh, Clark Mika. Oh man, what was his name? Where's my my anyway? My brain's gone. It'll come to me in a minute. He wrote an article anyway in the mail this week going, "Why is why is no one talking about the Lucy Letby case?" I, it was like, I wish someone else would talk about it. It's like mm. we, have, we we have been, yeah. Oh, I know, been, I know. Hitchens, Peter Hitchens, that was it. Peter Hitchens. Um, no, but a lot of these issues you end up showing the TV saying. We were saying that two years ago, three years ago. Why did you not? And suddenly it's accepted. And I know, I know. Yeah, non yeah exactly. Vaccines being a, a huge one of them. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff is funny that you have. Well, not funny, actually. It's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. But you have people like Sarah Kayat, who, who, who came on national TV and said that these are 100% safe and effective. They do this, they do that. People would have gone and got shots as a result of that and, and are now paying the price. Yeah. And even though she was proven incorrect, she's still on telly now. And and people like you and me get censored and deleted off stuff and whatever. And it's like, it's funny because we're literally not telling anyone to do anything. I know. Well, when you've telling got people blood, to ask questions, that's it. When you've got a blood clot or heart attack, it's a bit too late to question what you've done. So, but yeah. Yeah, ain't it just, yeah. So much. And I actually wanted to chat to you today about 
restrictions on travel uh, with those who have a dissenting voice or different view. Um, And of course, this, uh, your father was banned from traveling to the Netherlands back in November last year, I think it was, um, for a freedom demo. And we'll get onto that uh, specific, but it, the fact, I, I think probably back a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, I would have thought it's important for a government to be able to ban bad people coming in. You don't want people to disrupt the country. Uh, we need that mechanism in place. Now my opinion's gone the other way, because I think at that point I trusted uh, institutions or governments to an extent. Now that's completely gone out the window. Well, I think the thing is as well, with with you know the, these people that are apparently in positions of power that they're not really in positions of power at all which is why they need to try and silence people because i always think that comes from a position of weakness yeah. it's like i'll only i'll only fight you in the ring if you have your hands tied behind your back you wouldn't be doing that if you were confident that's ridiculous um so when you've got things like the online safety bill going through at the moment they they're can they're controlling the narrative in terms of tech companies and they're controlling the narrative in terms of what people can say online you can you can you know non-person people which is what they obviously tried to do with alex jones but what you can't do then is stop someone taking to the street with a bullhorn and just putting their view out there so all of a sudden you're you're stopping people from traveling as well um the thing with my dad it was insane he he was asked to speak at at an anti-war rally right um so he was literally just going to fly into into amsterdam speak at an anti-war rally fly home probably the next day done um, but they caused such a hoo-ha about it that they actually not only banned him from Holland for two years, they banned him from 26 other European nations, um, which are part of something called the Schengen List. And what people don't realise is, obviously, my dad was already banned from Australia, but countries like Canada and countries like America, the USA, they take they take the Schengen List as red. Mm. So you might well be banned from 26 European countries, but you try and go in America, you're banned from there as well, Sunshine. Um, so he's essentially banned from, you know, and, and New Zealand is another, another nation that does the same, t- takes the same thing. So you're essentially banned from <laughs> a, a large percentage of, of, of the world. Um, well, certainly the, 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 you know, the parts of the world that, that speak English that you can converse with, you know, uh, easily, um, for wanting to attend an anti-war rally. And, and what's, what's crazy is that they they basically you know they they made up all these um, all these allegations all of which were completely false. They they ruled on those allegations and and he was banned. So then um, some solicitors, some lawyers in in Holland took umbrage with it, and so they actually worked for free. They weren't even hired. They were like, no, we're not having this. So they appealed on behalf of of my dad, and so we were all watching it as as the um, the Dutch government had to basically make their case to the judge. And so they were, you know, saying all this stuff. And it was funny because the the, the Dutch lawyers on, on my dad's side were literally just they were they were throwing tennis balls and they were just smacking everyone out of the park. And it was actually quite it was it was almost painful to watch, Peter. I actually almost felt bad for the government, right? Because <laughs> because their spokesman that was there that the, the, was so confused and lost. Mm. He didn't really know what was going on. And so it, all these accusations were all knocked out of the park rubbish this is rubbish here's the evidence why it's rubbish blah blah so in the end it ended up with one thing which was my dad had said that people and this was in in a um a documentary renegade that was like made years and years ago 
where he was saying that we, the many, we, the population, we, the world population, we need to put down our fault lines of, you know, race and color and sexuality and income bracket and all this bollocks. And we need to stand as one against those that are basically trying to rule all of us by dividing us and then ruling us. You know, we need to stand up, we need to come together. That was apparently um, a rallying cry against government, which is therefore terrorism. Wow. So I'm laughing. Honestly, I'm watching it and I'm laughing. We've got Chrissy, my dad's partner, she's Dutch, so she's translating it. And I'm laughing because I'm going, oh, mate, they are in big trouble here. This is yeah. hilarious. And then the judge goes, yeah, yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Bang. So upholds it, right? And um, and so there was the other appeal um, which, yeah. which, which took place about a week ago. Um, where again they had to rule, and they 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 were supposed to give their verdict. They then made my dad wait ten weeks, so you know he can't travel anywhere for ten weeks. Um, and then they came in with a verdict, saying with the judge who doesn't even lift her head up because she's so bloody shamed um, that yeah, if the government says um, you're a danger, then yeah, you're you're a danger. So yeah, you, you, you're banned still. Six so, so so that's what's come out now that um, they they agree, and uh, because he was banned because i read different things it's always fun to read what the bbc what the mainstream media are saying and then you understand where they're coming from uh, that he was a a risk to public order um and he said the bbc said he would cause tensions between different groups and disrupt yeah. public order um and that's a you're right that's a red flag to any if any government sees this individual is a a risk to public order you don't want them in your country. So it, it would make sense for every other country to follow that um, that judgment, that statement. Well, that's the thing. But what, what's, what was funny about that is I got an email, actually came to me. So they notified him that he was banned from 26 European countries by emailing his son, right? <laughs> I got the email. It's extraordinary. So it's in Dutch. So obviously I don't speak Dutch. So I sent it across to Christiana. I was like, what does this say? So then she came back saying, this is insane. They're using anti-terror legislation to ban him, Right. So I was like, oh, my goodness me, that's extraordinary. So I then went public with that. I was like, I've just got an email from the from the Dutch saying that, you know, they're banning him from, from 26 nations based on, on anti-terrorism legislation and a danger to, to public order and a danger to society, right? I then just got jumped on by loads of, you know, your, your Matthew Sweet, that BBC knobhead, people like that all jumping on me going, oh, the Dutch, did they all email you together? It's like, you know what I meant, dickhead. Yeah. You know what I meant. Yeah. Um, and then a Dutch newspaper got in touch with me, basically, you know, trying to fact check it, saying that no, this they didn't say he was a terrorist. I said I didn't say they said he was a terrorist. I said it was anti-terror legislation, which was what yeah. they were using to ban him. I've literally got the email, mate. And um, and he wouldn't let go. Of this guy, he was, and in the end, he did, you know, because obviously he realised. Because then they actually started in the during the appeal using the word terrorism. So at that point, I think he had to crawl back under his little rock. But for a while, he was on my case. This this Dutch journalist guy. Um, and when I say on my case, I mean like replying to my tweets mm. underneath saying that's not true. It's like, oh, fuck, I can read the email now, mate. Um, and so, you know, they they all kind of sort of went for me a little bit about, about announcing it, which was hilarious to me because it's like, hang on a minute. So I've just told you that a man who's never been accused of a crime, has never been investigated for a crime, has never been tried for a crime, certainly never therefore convicted for a crime, is banned from 26 countries because he wanted to attend an anti-war rally. And your issue with it is the fact that I use the term the Dutch, not the fact that this is happening. This is a man in his 70s. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the hell are you, you on about? Um, and it kind of puts things into perspective as well. When I saw 
you know, this this whole outcry with the whole Russell Brand thing. Now, I found that weird, if I'm honest, Peter, because none of us know if he's guilty or not. I ain't got a clue mm. what he's like. I don't know him. I don't yeah. know what he's like around women. I know he's a bit of a sleazeball. That yeah. doesn't mean, of course, he's a rapist. But, yeah, he's a bit of a sleazeball. Can I believe? Yeah, of course I could. But can I believe someone's setting him up? Yeah, I can believe that as well. I don't have the answer. So, therefore, my opinion is, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Um Whereas lots of people within the alternative or so-called alternative, if you can call GB News alternative, all jumped, all jumped on this whole he must be innocent thing. And I remember reading it thinking, what are you doing? You haven't got a clue if he's innocent or not. This is extraordinary. Like, wow, man, this is madness. Yet none of them said anything when my dad got banned from 26 countries. Didn't say a word. So it's like, you know, this guy who's a multi-multi-millionaire is demonetized by YouTube. Yeah, that's wrong. But you're kicking off about that. But you're not bothered about a man who's banned from 26 countries. It's, it's, it's quite odd to me, actually, how, how people can pick and choose who they wish to defend and who they don't wish to defend in, in, in terms of freedom. It's, you know, oh, it's yeah, freedom, freedom for everyone or freedom for no one, surely. No, it is. And I'm exactly the same line as you on the brand issue on the sidelines. And I'm amazed how commentators and journalists suddenly become experts at whatever topic is thrown at them without looking at it. They just overnight, they suddenly know all about the case. That is impossible. It's uh, and it's frustrating. It's very strange. And it's on both sides as well, mate. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. you know, that's what I said in my monologue last week. And I got a little bit of ear old grief for that. But it was that. The fact that you can decide, we're now at a point as a society, we can decide whether someone is guilty or not of sexual assault based on what their politics are and whether we agree with them or not. That's mental. So people will look at Russell Brand and go, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he's definitely wrong and guilty. Hmm. And then the other side will go, no, 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 he was anti-jab. He can't be guilty. What do you mean? It's just madness. You, The only people that know whether he's guilty or not is him yeah. and the people that are accusing him. Yeah. So the, the idea of, of jumping... You know, I mean, innocent to proven guilty, of course, you know, having the government right to people like Rumble to try and get him taken off and demonetized, that's extraordinary. And I'm bang against that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of brand, but that doesn't matter. Bang mm. against that. That's outrageous. But the idea that people, like you say, can comment and say that he's innocent. You haven't got a clue, mate. Yeah. None of us do. Well, that is so that is obviously... I guess at some point or other, we'll go uh, through the courts. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on the social media side a bit more. Um, on the on the travel side, I was intrigued because obviously um, there is pressure from left-wing governments and individuals to restrict the movement of older people. We've seen that over the last three years. And, and this was a two-year travel ban. Um, and... It says actually the the Amsterdam's mayor, police, and prosecutor's office asked originally the demonstration organizers to uninvite Mr. Ike for his hurtful statements. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know a hurtful something you say may hurt someone's face. So it's basically if someone's feelings are hurt, then that must ban you from world travel. Wow, you can't say anything now without hurting someone's feelings, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If if you say that a woman can't have a woman can't have a cock, that's yeah. offending someone. It's it's just madness. And also, who cares if people are offended? Like honestly, who cares? It's it's just words, man. Like yeah. I, I I see things all the time that I think are a bang out of order and disgusting. I think I think having men shake their naked asses in front of kids in the street, pretty freaking disgusting. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's 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 I don't see these people getting banned from nations. You know, it's extraordinary, really. It really is very. We're in a real, we're in a real weird place. But I also think that we're in a weird place because there is a fear there within the establishment. Mm. 
that people are waking up massively on a much, much bigger scale. And I think they were starting to wake up. I think we've discussed this before. People were waking up even before the Rona. The Rona just absolutely yeah. accelerated it because people started to smell a rat. And also people sat at home and had more time to look at stuff that they'd never look at before. And it mm. would start to resonate with them. Well, hang on, it might be on to sake. Um, and so they, they've, they've, it feels very much like they're just trying to get the stable door shut. And part of that will be to do with shutting up the other side. You know, shut them up online. Don't talk to them on the mainstream media. Only ever have your voices on the mainstream media. Ban them from countries so they can't travel and speak to people in, in, in person. You know, I mean, they've been doing that to my dad long long before they banned him from yeah, traveling. Yeah. You know, he, the fact that he's touring around the UK at the minute and it's called the secret tour where the local... I don't even know the locations, Peter. I don't even know where they are. It's that hush-hush that I don't even know where where yeah. the where the venues are. So people will message me like a couple of days before. Oh, you, you couldn't give us a heads up, could you? And even if it's people I know, Peter, like, and I've known for years and I trust them, I'm like, mate, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. That's how cloak and dagger it has to be because if these um, anti-hate organizations um, find out where they are, they will, they will harass and threaten the, the, um, the venues. That's what they do. Mm. They contact the venues. They say, he's this, he's that, don't put him on. And if the people then have the courage to go either, well, that's not true, I've read his books, or, well, I believe in free speech, then they threaten the staff, and yeah. that's what they do. We can't. They use they used very very clever terminology. Where they say, "Well, mm, we can't guarantee the safety of your staff." Then, based on X, Y, and Z, mm. and mm. They, they, it just plants that seed. So, so uh, a venue organizer will be, "Oh, jeez, you know I mean, well, I've got to protect my staff." Sorry, sorry, boys, I've got to pull it. You know, it's it, true. It, it, it is that. It is that commercial pressure, and no one wants their building um, smashed up. But also, is this the whole question? I think regarding. One regarding the social media side, but also regarding the the courts, uh, which we've seen is who is the arbitrator of truth, um, or what what is permitted speech, uh, yeah. and we have all these words thrown around: misinformation, disinformation, and and then we have the fact checking. So the government tell us what is accepted and what is not. Um, th this is brand new. This level of government allowance of what is permitted and what is not and if you fall in one category um then there is there is punishment and i guess this is the government obviously with the online safety bill trying to catch up with the the scope and range and reach that the internet provides yeah and and the thing is as well is it's you know it, it's it's cleverly designed currently to be cheered on by you know one side so people who identify as uh, as left-leaning at the minute will be cheering on the online safety book because it's sold to protect them from far-right extremists and protect their kids from grooming and all this kind of stuff when it's obviously doing nothing of the sort. But what these people don't realise is that these left-leaning people that are now cheering it on were the same left-leaning people that were being marginalised and shut up because they were calling out the invasion of Iraq not that long ago. And so narratives switch and, and they shift and governments are very, very contradictory um and so these people that are cheering it on now it will come and bite them in the arse in two years three years four years and you know it's the same thing you have all the time it's that first they came for do you know what i mean people are so short-sighted it's extraordinary um everyone should be defending free speech i can't stand a lot of nonsense that comes out of people mm. but they should be able to say it because I shouldn't expect free speech if they can't have it. It's not how it exists. Everyone should be able to speak freely. Yeah. And their ideas 
um, out in, in the open and debated. And, you know, this is the thing that people don't seem to realize as well. By shutting people up and silencing people and marginalizing people, you don't stop them thinking a certain way. You just drive them underground. And so actually what you'll end up doing is creating extremists, you know, and and that's that's you know that's not that's not hard to do that if you if if you if you start making people feel like it's they don't have a voice, you know it's that whole you know what is it riots are the are the language of the unheard or whatever you know mm -hmm. and that that can go to even bigger extremes than that. Yeah, you know it's 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 a real I feel like we're you know it's a really important time at the moment. It's a really important time, and you know it's interesting you mentioned about these these anti hate groups and these fact checkers because they are up to their neck in it they're political organizations you know i just saw the other day you've got the center uh, for countering digital hate which is an organization that's pushed massively um for the online safety bill damian collins who is yeah. the big cheerleader he's a he's a member of that organization and the, and the front man of that organization imran ahmed no one knows anything really about him he's a former investment banker he was a, a spin doctor for angela eagle when when she was standing against Corbyn. But what they don't realize is, oh, no, 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 they're an independent organization. Okay, why then on Companies House is Imran Ahmed still a director of Labour Campaigns Limited? Mm -hmm. So you've got a guy that's that's the director of an organization on one side of the political sphere in the UK, while his other organization that's independent is shutting down debate and shutting down people that are saying anything against the narrative. I mean, it's... It's extraordinary that it's there in in black and white for people to see. Yet, the BBC, Sky News, whoever, even CNN and, and MSNBC have rolled out Imran Ahmed on the regular to to give his opinion opinion on hate, the state of hate. I got my name in that this year, state of hate. It's a badge of honour. I, I I just say because we uh, were in it one year and then a second year and it was a bigger piece and I I really wanted to write to hope not hate and say. Uh, really excited that we're growing in presence. Please let us know what we could do mo better next year to have a yeah. larger spread because I would like a, a double-paid spread. What do I need to do to, to do that and just mock them? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's also, you know, they're always what they accuse you of. So you look at these, these you know, silencing uh, organizations, these narrative managing organizations, they're full of hate. Like they're absolutely full of hate. The way that they, they talk about people and the things they say about people and, and, and the emotions that they evoke in other people against these people is just hatred. And then you actually look at, at the people they're saying are hate figures. And, and most of them are just freedom fighters <laughs> that have not got a, a hateful bone in their body. You know, it really is extraordinary. It really is extraordinary. Um, but but we, uh, inverted world. I think we've lost, you talk about the media and we've lost that investigative journalism that you would have thought decades ago where hard work would have been done as a scoop and even if it went against the, the norm or against a newspaper's editorial that there was an ability to, to put that out. That yeah. seems to have gone and certainly in the last three years, I guess it will continue where the media becomes a mouthpiece of the government, whether it's COVID, whether it's the online safety bill, whatever the next thing is, they will simply do what they are told. And th that's a level uh, certainly we haven't witnessed in our lifetime. No, no. But there's, there's still some about trying to do good stuff, but like you say, they, they get um, uh, bizarrely marginalised and maligned and attacked for going against the tribe. You know, like one of them, I think, like Max Blumenthal was one of them who was a darling of the left when he was calling out Israel. Mm. Um, 
as he continues to do. Um, yeah, when COVID hit and everyone started wetting their sheets and he yeah. started calling out draconian measures and, and, and restrictions and mask mandates and jab mandates, whoa, Max has lost his mind. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's, he's exactly the same man as he was before, which was trying to call out wrongdoing. Yeah. And and now, um, obviously, he runs the grey zone. Um, the 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 left is now Slava Ukraini, so they they just they, they think he's really gone off the deep end just because he's now calling out NATO. But it's like, but you were calling out NATO. It's just yeah. the narrative shifted within your tribe, and you didn't leave your tribe because that's what I belong as. You know, that's my social media. That I'll have to update my bio if I leave the tribe. <laughs> it's hard work that. So they have to stay within the confines of that tribe. And it's the same on the right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, pe people have mental gymnastics to explain away things oh, yeah. that, you know, I mean, the Trumpsters are, are kings of that. You know, mm -hmm. when, when, when he pushed the jab. Yep. Yep. What? He did, what? When he didn't pardon Julian Assange. What? What's that? I'm oh, sorry, I've got to go. Do you know what I mean? Like people, they don't want to, no, 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 he just did that because deep state and that. Like people have these, these mental gymnastics too, because they don't want to admit that actually, okay, you know, your, your, your tribe is, is faltering as well. You know, that's I'm, why I'm, I'm not, that's why I'm not part of a tribe. Peter. No, I, I think people see Messiah figures everywhere. And that's the danger. Whenever you lift people up to that level um, and don't see them as leaders, but as, as flawed individuals who can screw up at any moment, uh, yeah. it's a very dangerous position uh, to be in. And you see that on both sides, you're right, left and right. Well, that's that's one concern I, I had um, with the whole Russell Brand thing. Yeah. You know, there was two sides to it, which was he's definitely guilty because he's a wrong and then he's anti-vax. Uh, and he's definitely innocent because he's on our side. Those were the two seemed to be the polar extremes. And then I'm thinking in the middle of it, I'm thinking, well, I don't really trust this guy. I've never really trusted Russell Brand. He's invented himself more times than share. Yeah. He just kind of tries to find a little you know, a little gap in the market or, you know, what can I, what can I, how can I exploit that free, or, you know, the alternative freedom movement's growing. That's quite popular. Their money's as worth as much as anyone else's. Right. I'll get myself in there. Yeah. You know, I can remember the times when he was being chucked in the fountain at Trafalgar square. People seem to forget that he was trying to sort of, you know, co-op that sort of stuff mm -hmm. as well. Um, and people saw through him then. And so I'm looking at it and I'm going, do you know what, if you wanted to infiltrate a movement, what yeah. better way than, than, than being, attacked and taken down by the establishment it gives you some credibility if you're going undercover in, in, uh, into an organization the police will give you a kick in the police will arrest you if you even if you're an undercover copper because it gives you then more validity to the group that you're infiltrating so there's a little part of that and then i'm looking at it i'm thinking the freedom movement whatever you want to call it it doesn't need leaders i've never believed it the truth is just the truth and the more people that speak it the more the world will improve, I think, and the more people will be held accountable. But it doesn't need leaders. It doesn't need that messiah complex, like you say. Everyone, like, oh yeah, get make a statue of him. It doesn't need any of that nonsense. Yet we've been given leaders. We didn't ask for him. Yeah. I don't know if you asked for Andrew Tate to be a spokesman for our movement. I certainly didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't ask for Andrew Tate. I didn't ask for for Russell Brand to be, you know, the the spokesman for our for our organization, our movement and our and our freedom and our awakening. Yet we were given them. And now we're watching them systematically getting taken down. And in some ways taking some of us, not me and you, because we've kept our, our powder dry on it because we don't know the answer, but it will take yeah. down a lot of people. You know, Russell Brand's you know, if he is investigated and he is found guilty and he has been up to no good, how are some of these social commentators and some of these yeah. TV present I mean, it's game over, mate. Yeah. Game yeah. over. No, my I mean my on both on both Tate and Brand, my my huge issue is when individuals are as narcissistic as that, whenever yeah. it is purely, and 
we've we've both met all great people over the last three years uh, in all of this. And to meet people who are high profile, but also humble, and it's not about them, but it's about the issue, you really warm to that. But then you look at the brands and tape to this world and think that level of narcissism just really turns me off. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, for me, I'm always looking forward. So it's like, how can we make this world a better place? And, you know, I look at, like you've, you've said something we've met during this time, you know, people like Dr. Cartland, people that have, you know, lost everything and spoken out the whole time and is incredible. And, you know, if, if my, like my, my daughter was poorly the other day and, uh, and I was flying solo. So I just get proper paranoid. She was all like, you know, she'd got a real temperature and I was just mm. like, you know, so you know, just message Dr. Cartland. I sent him a video of her while she was sleeping with her breathing and stuff like that. He's messaging me back. He's checking up the next morning. How, how is yeah. she? You know, uh, so, I mean, it's just like, these are genuine people. Yeah. And then, and then the ones that are promoted, like you say, yeah, like, Oh, here I am with my, you know, Bugatti. I don't give a yeah. shit, mate. Give a shit. What are you on about? It's just, that's not what this is about. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's extraordinary. And, and, you know, both of them are quite guilty of having this whole sort of word salad nonsense as well, where oh, yeah. they would they would just chat away word salad, a few long words in it, so it makes them sound intelligent. Yeah. But actually, half the time they're not saying anything, and half the time they're only saying things that people that get banned from twenty six countries were saying years and years and years ago. Yeah. There's nothing new there. You know, it's and what makes me laugh a little bit, I have to say, is that you know, brand will be put on the mainstream media, brand will be. Um, will be pushed and, and, or, you know, how many million on this network and how many million on this social platform because he's a socially approved mm. freedom fighter, but then they won't touch my dad because it's too dangerous. You can't touch an Ike. It'll all backfire on you if you touch an Ike. And it's like, Oh, that's not how it ended up there. Is it? That's not how it ended up. Do you know what I mean? So it's like people will speak out on behalf of brand because it's the safe thing to do. I'm not sure it is really. Well, when someone sure gets, no, when someone gets a free pass on social media, you always wonder. Uh, I wonder looking at YouTube at those who don't have strikes, who can say what they like. And I'm thinking, I'm sure they said exactly what I was saying, and yet I got hit. And that protected status makes you wonder where they've come from and why they're there. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, th there's uproar, like you say, that he's, he's been demonetized from, from by YouTube. And you think, but you know, if my dad even has a video that someone interviews him and they put on YouTube, they delete it straight away. Yeah. To the point where when people want to get my dad on YouTube, uh, anonymous have done it a couple of times where they've, they've featured him. Mm. They will, they will edit his voice. They make it sound really deep and they doctor the voice. So it gets past the algorithm. So on one hand, you've got someone who's got algorithms of their voice set up so that they can't even say a bloody word on YouTube. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got someone that you've just de demonetized and it's kind of, you know, I don't agree with either of those things, but the fact that some are very happy to put their careers on the line to to stick up for one, but don't say a word on the other, I find quite odd. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Can I can I go back and look at the the legal side which we started on, and that's used in regards to the freedom of social media and and battles happening between what people can and cannot say and what restrictions there are, but. What, what, how have you seen? We've seen the battles on COVID restrictions, on fines and lockdowns, and those have, I don't see them as being massively successful through the, the courts. You've obviously watched over the last year uh, with your father going through the, the court system there. Um, how have you seen that? Because again, the court 
ha- it has to, you have to have a way of pushing back against that level of government tyranny. Um, have the courts worked in that regard as you've seen, or not at all? Not really. Not from what I've seen. Uh, I've 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 seen the odd victory here and there on on, on an individual level, maybe in terms of you know a, a job reinstatement or, or 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 suing an employer for wrongful dismissal or something like that. But on the largest scale, you know these people own the courts. You know the judges, like like I said, like you know the ruling on 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 my dad. You know mm-hmm. the judge doesn't even look up. If you t- if you took her out to a, to to a wine bar. And you went out the back to a private room and just said, look, do you know what I mean? That no one can hear what you're saying in here. She would almost certainly be like, yeah, I think it's nonsense. I think it's outrageous. Yeah, but that's not what you ruled. That's not what you ruled. And that's not what the one ruled before when they were trying to say that, you know, he, he was he was a terrorist and all that sort of stuff. You know, they mm. if you get these people on their own, then they would probably go, yeah, I don't agree with it. But it's more than my job's worth. And that's what a lot of these people are like. They just don't realise that actually this is coming for them in the end. It's coming for their kids and their grandkids as well. And it's yeah. so massively short-sighted, which is why I find people like Dr. Cartland so so great because they are they are willing to sacrifice themselves for the cause, whereas others aren't. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, yeah. these are people in, in 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 positions that actually could make a difference. You know, if you could have a judge that could that could rule and have a real landmark ruling for freedom in the case of, you know, then that could send ripples. But no one seems to have the courage to do it. Yeah. Were you, were you given any access? I think part of my concern also is that decisions are made behind closed doors or access is not given to the rulings, to the conversations, how they came up with that. Um, you've got like a final this is it. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to travel here. You're not allowed to be on yeah. that platform. And you don't actually know if you don't know how the person has got there, there is no way to reason or or push back. How was it in in this case in the Netherlands? Oh, exactly the same, mate. There was there it, basically m- my dad was in in the office and he was like, right, I've got to go in now and I'll I'll get the rule in. He 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 knew what the ruling would be. Everyone mm-hmm. sat in the office knew what the ruling would be. It's obvious, you know. Um, so he literally just went in there, sat in the office, got told by the judge what the ruling was, and then within 10 minutes walked out of the office again. There's no involvement in anywhere of where that decision making's come from. You know, you've, you've, it's, it's stupid really because you've had to wait 10 weeks for someone to tell you what you already knew they were going to say. They could have just sent you a WhatsApp voice note saying, Yeah, you're not coming in, son. Save my time. Do you know what I mean? Or, or dropped you an email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the Dutch. Um, but that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you, we knew what the answer would be. Mm. The, the, there's no involvement on that decision-making process, but there never is. You know, you think about COVID, you know, Johnson would just come out and stand at that podium at 5 PM and tell you what the situation was going to be. There was never any input. There was never a referendum on, on any restriction. No one got a say in anything. Yeah. You know, we're just listening to the experts or well, those, those ones with, hundreds of thousands of shares in, in pharmaceutical com- companies, those experts. I saw this, actually. This is GB News, right? Because I was saying earlier about GB News being alternative, right? So GB News put uh, an article out about how an expert was saying that this um, that this COVID strain was going to do X, Y, and Z, mm. and, and this was going to be worse than whatever, and millions more would die. I don't know who the other millions are before, but apparently millions more are going to die. And it says it in the, in the headline, expert. So I'm like, right, okay, well... I'm gonna have a look at the expert is. So I had a look at the expert expert was. It's 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 a, a financial consultant 
that was part of procuring the first round of vaccines. Wow. Wow. Uh, so it's a businesswoman. Wow. But it said COVID expert. What, I don't even know what that means. What, I mean, surely me and you are COVID experts after three years of this nonsense. But it's just funny, isn't it? Because people don't read the small print. They don't. People just see headlines. And they know that. They know that's why they do it. So you put that in the headline. The amount of times you see a headline, you go, oh, my God. You read the story, which most people don't. And you go, well, that's not what they said at all. Yeah. That's, not, that's not even what the story is. But people read headlines. That's what they do. And no, you know. there, there was a, on... On GB News, one thing was stuck with me when the brand situation came out and he had talked about online safety bill as a reason why he was being restricted and banned. And GB News said, well, he is, you said the online safety bill has become law, which is not true. No, it more or less, I mean, what, what is, is King Charles not going to stamp it? It's passed. Exactly. It is not going to become, but they were putting that doubt in people's mind. And again, I thought, no, that is, that, that is misinformation. That is saying something which isn't true, just to discredit someone. Um, and I thought journalists are supposed to delve a little bit deeper, but no. No, they don't. They don't. And and the thing is, with with I, I always think with, with alternative organisations, so-called alternative, that the litmus test really on a personal level is whether they'll touch a member of our family or not. Yeah. Because it's, it's the most offensive four-letter word in the world at the moment, <laughs> our surname, right? So I got asked to go on to, I think you were there when I got asked, I think it might be when we were in Gibraltar, I got asked to go on to GB News. And I laughed. Yeah, yeah. And I laughed. I went, right, yeah, okay. I'll talk to anyone, me. So I was like, right, okay. Let's, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, right? What they're going to do is they're going to start advertising it, and then I'll get a message saying, I'm sorry, we double booked you. That's what I think is going to happen. So um, it was Jen that I was talking to. And she was like, well, maybe, but we'll go for it anyway. I was like, right, fine. So... I was out walking with my mate. We walked from um, Chesterfield to Sheffield, which anyone that knows England, that's quite a stomp, right? It's about 20-odd in, miles. In, in one of your crazy walks. In one of my crazy walks, yeah. So so me and my mate are, are stomping along. Now, I'm supposed to be in London the next morning to go and do this GB News thing. I knew it wasn't happening, so I've, so I've got a hotel in Sheffield for the night before, right? Worst case scenario, if I'd have got up in the morning and it was still on, I would have just hopped on a train straight down yep. to Bosch, and I'd have done it. It would have been fine. But I wasn't going to put myself out. I wasn't going to get a hotel there the night before or anything like that because mm -hmm. I knew, you know, whatever. So then I got a message saying, oh, can you plug it? Because they're, they're going to plug the interview now. I went, all right, mate. Yeah, no worries. So I put it on my social media, right? I sat down. This was at Rother Valley Country Park. It's about 50% about 50 of the walk through. There's a nice country park there. Do a good pizza and a pint, mm -hmm. right? So anyway, mate sat there. The time it took me to tuck into a pizza, which anyone that knows me, ain't long, right? Bosh. I already had a message, <laughs> right? Oh, there isn't a show this week, actually. They've made a mistake. I went, all right, so I was going to go for the double book. But okay, it isn't a show this week. That's, 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 slightly, that's slightly left field. But either way, I've been cancelled, right, about 10 minutes after it's been announced. And um, and then, weirdly enough, on the next day, there was a show. Oh. <laughs> there was a show, weirdly enough. Magic. Just didn't have me on it. Right. And I just thought then, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't say anything offensive. I'm not going to come on telly and F and Jeff and, and you know, hmm. anything else, you know. But what's happened is you've announced that it's on and you've got a phone call pretty quickly nah, uh, 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 because of the surname, you're not having it, yeah. you know. Yet you have these other people that are apparently going to change the world that can, they can get their, their faces on every TV screen and they can get a microphone in front of their face whenever they want, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the, the actually the flip side of that is that's why we do generally 
pre-record. We do this the Saturday evening live, and it's with guests we kind of have on semi-regularly. But other guests, because uh, you you put out that you're doing a live, and then they phone up and say, oh, I've had all these complaints, or I'm being attacked, or uh, I'm really sorry, I can't do it. And generally, if that happens, the guest you're going to have on is surprised at the, the vitriol they've got from some hope not hit somewhere. Um, yeah. And and they don't want to get the shit. And I, I get that. I don't want to give them that either. But that's why it's often, you're probably the same, doing pre-records because then it's in the bag and, and it will go out. Well, we, yeah. I mean, early um, in, in doing the show here, I would do, you know, a little video a couple of days before. You know, on the show this week, we've got Joe Blogs, we've got X, Y, and Z, we've got X, Y, and Z you know, any questions you want to ask them, you know, whatever, that kind of thing to get a bit of sort of audience participation. Yeah. And then that happened to us a lot. The same thing. These people would just get attacked and whatever. And then you'd soon have a cancellation email. So we're the same, mate. We, we, you know, we interview people, we, we do the show, it's all done. And then we'll do a promo and put that out publicly once it's all in the bag. Cause yeah, you're right. You know, we, we we've had people before involved in politics, people that are, you know, involved with the NHS mm. um, that have, cancelled on us because they've got ear roll grief you know which is which is extraordinary really i think it would happen less so now but in the early days of of the rona when everyone was petrified to say boo to a goose that that it happened all the time mate all the time there were there were you know it was funny because once where i ended up interviewing um rich willett right who's a mate but he was actually doing you know he was releasing a documentary so it was a decent enough interview to talk about a documentary um about the freedom of speech and about the war of the words and how the media is, you know, controlling the narrative. So it was, it was a cool interview and I always like talking to Rich anyway, but mm. I got like some grief on it online. I, we go, people are subscribing to see you talk to your mate. And I'm thinking, well, one, it's an interesting interview, but two, there was about three other guests yeah. <laughs> that, that all bottled it. And so in the end you're sat here and you go, right. So we either don't have a show or we do something different, which is what we did, you know? But, but yeah, people, particularly in the early days, wouldn't have a clue of the amount of times I was sat at the desk behind me with me in my hands because we lost another guest. Yeah. I, for that I'm, reason. I, I'm surprised how much people want an easy life. I still am because I, I, I thought I was compliant to an extent. And then I've realized I don't really give a shit and enjoy that fight, enjoy that pushback. And if someone says you can't do this, I'll say I'm going to do it. And I'm surprised yeah. that most other people are really, they just, they just fit in and that spark, that fight, maybe it's just been battered out of them over the years. A little bit. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, a little bit. It's been battered out of people where people are just kind of, you know, weary of, of the battle really and done with it. But on the other hand, I think it can go the other way. Like, so for me, I took loads of shite as a kid, mm. which wasn't very pleasant in the media and all that kind of stuff. And some people could then, you know, call, call themselves, you know, weary as a result of all that nonsense and want to quite, oh, I just want to be, no, I just want to be me. I want to be known. I just want to be known as me rather than someone else's son. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, oh, I get that. I've, I've felt like that. You know, God, can I just be myself, please? Do you know. Um, and you know, even now, I still get stuff going. Oh, you know, your your dad's is like one guy commented going. You know, he was on on one of the WhatsApp podcast clips. I mean, Rich just having a laugh. It's a joke. It's a comedy podcast. Um, and we put this this clip out, and this guy replied saying, "You know, your dad was a genius. He's doing this and that, and you're just acting like an effing idiot." And it's like, yeah, it's almost like I'm not him, isn't it? It's almost like I'm not him. You're your um, own person. Yeah, imagine that. But I, but I look at that now, that time as a kid and how brutal that was. And I think that was that was my basic training. So actually, the idea of what people think, the idea, and the fact that I spent time in a wheelchair as a kid as well, obviously getting mm. all the grief that you get for that, 
that kind of knocked it out of you as well. It knocked out that giving a monkey's what people think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People say, I've got a problem with you, and you go, okay, I haven't. Good luck. You're the one with the problem, then. You've just said you've got a problem with me. Yes, that's right. You're, you've got a problem. I'll see you later. Yeah, leave it with them. Yeah. Um, can I just, final thought, can I just ask you about the the, the legal side? Where um, where does it go? The, the difficulty, I guess, we all have is which legal avenues will do something which is against what the government are telling them to do. So that must restrict, because people say, you know, if you have a legal battle and you fail, then you can go to the next level, the next level. Um, kind of what are your what are your thoughts when something happens like your dad on that restriction? Um, do you just have to then accept it or what? That's a good question. At the minute, I don't know. I mean, you, you can just appeal again and again and again, but you smacking the mic over. Um, but you know what's coming back. It's just a, another judge with the same not making eye yeah. contact thing, yeah. you know. I mean, sure, you know, you could go, people go, oh, you know, you could go to the, to the Court of Human Rights. You can go to this and go to that. And, and you look at them thinking, really? You don't think they're owned? Like, no, there's no independent body within any of these organizations at all, you know, because the, 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 these cult so-called elites are so weak, really, and so paranoid that they have to own all 22 players and the referee just to make sure they yeah. can win the game because they know they can't win it otherwise. I think the trick in the end will be basically stepping away from the game, stepping out the stadium and actually having no part of it, um, which is how I am politically. You know, I'm, you know, people say, oh, you don't vote. We've got no right to say anything. Yeah, I have. I have. I'm, I've got a choice between AIDS and cancer. Why would I do that? Yeah. Um, and so the more and more people that can say no to it and just step away from all of all of these organisations. Oh, you've got, you got to do that. It's, that's how it's done. Is it? Does it have to be? Does it have to be how it's done? And if there's enough people, again, this is the thing, Peter, that it comes down to it's numbers game all the time, mm. isn't it? You know, March 2020, you're locking down. No, you're not. No, you're not. Enough people said that. It was over before it even started. But unfortunately, people let the wolf in the front door and then and then they cry when when the wolf's going through their mum's wardrobe. Well, of course they are. You let them in the door. What do you expect was going to happen? Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's a case of, of drawing a line and saying, no, not doing it. You know, and if, if you're going to bring in um, gender theory and critical race theory and all this bullshit in the school, you feel your boots, mate, but I'm taking my kids out. Mm. And then you see how many academies survive when there's 14 kids in a school year because everyone else has taken them out. And that's what has to happen. Yeah. You know, people, there's that whole thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, we're going to lose cash. Do you use cash? No. Okay. And, you know, and everyone has that, that point. There's, there's, there's things I buy sometimes where, that I can't afford. I don't have the cash and I might have to put it on a credit card. So I'm not going to be one of those people pontificating. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can use cash and you've got the cash in, in, in the bank, take it out and use it. Or don't complain that it's being taken away. You know, mm. these are the things that we can we can do. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, even with Rumble, and you go, right, who's pulled support from Rumble? Okay, ASOS. Right, well, I don't buy ASOS clothes anymore then. Yeah. Burger King? No, nope, don't eat Burger King anymore. I mean, you know, I don't eat Burger King anyway. But that's that's where people can can make a difference. You know, because I would occasionally, because I refuse Starbucks one because they're a horrendous organisation, two because the coffee's shit and bitter, so I'm mm. not a fan of it. But I, I would have a Costa fairly yeah. regularly every other day, probably. I've not had one since they're they're promoting yeah, yeah. double mastectomies. And so, you know, someone might watch this and go, "Oh, I bet they're well, I bet they're well terrified. They're not getting their twelve pound a week off you." Um, maybe not, but if there's a hundred thousand like me, they might be a little bit terrified. 
Yeah. And that's the point, isn't it? And that's what we need to do. We, we need to, because I'm not all for cancel culture at all. You're free to sell your coffee. I just want to buy it. Mm. And that's what I think people need to do. Because they're, they're, they're using this way of to try and destroy us and to try and destroy Rumble and anyone else that's on Rumble. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Russell Brand is just the face of it. But if Rumble goes down, it ain't Russell Brand that's getting taken down. It's everyone on there. Yeah. So it's much bigger than him. Yeah. Um, and all these things are much bigger than him. They're much bigger than Tate and all these names that were given. Like I say, these, you know, beware of false prophets and all that. But I think that's where we can make a stand. We can We can avoid using these organizations and avoid giving them our money. You know, why would you why would you give money to people that have absolute contempt for you? hundred uh, percent. And uh, that's a perfect ending to finish on something we can do. Because often we feel powerless or individuals can feel, but actually we all have economic power and power to choose where we go, yeah. who we shop with, who we connect with. So uh, we Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we have the power to either go along with stuff or not. Yeah. As well. Because, you know, the even with masks and all that stuff that they're gonna try and bring back. Just don't go along with it. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I was walking into shops and I wasn't wearing them. I never wore one in a shop. I was going into pubs. You know when they were making you stand up and put one on if you need the toilet. Mm. I never did any of that. And guess what? Nothing happened. You can just say no. Yes. Um, Gareth, I appreciate it. It's always good to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing not only the restrictions on, on the social media side, but what's been happening with your dad and his travel restrictions and that court ruling. So thanks yeah, so much for joining us today. That's a pleasure, mate. I did say to my dad as well, when, when they lift the ban, we're all going to chip in to take him on a Viking river cruise. So that's going to save me a few quid now that they've not lifted it. <laughs> that uh, sounds a great live stream, a Viking river cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Gareth. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye, Bye, mate. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org. Thank you for listening.